Lord, we thank you for giving us this time to worship you as one church, one voice, one family. Amen. Welcome to another live episode of Catholics at Home. Uh, first of all, if you enjoyed that hymn just now from Psalm 33, well, thank you very much, Psalm 33. Don't forget they'll be joining us in our Jamming for Jesus session uh, this coming Friday. So if you'd like to hear more uh, and, uh, of this praise and worship songs with Psalm 33, make sure you make a date with us on Friday night to join us for Jamming for Jesus. All right. Once again, uh, for those of you who just joined us, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hope you are safe, hope you are feeling well, hope your family is well. Of course, uh, we've uh, seen some worrying numbers uh, in the past couple of days or maybe the past week or so. So remember to just uh, stay safe, stay safe and also uh, try to stay at home as much as possible. And of course, on Saturday mornings, make sure you're in front of your mobile phone or your laptop because we'll be bringing you some exciting shows, some interesting topics to discuss just like today. Today, we're going to talk about making the net safe. And when I say that, I mean making the internet safe. 
of course, if, if you are football fans, you would know uh, last weekend in the Premier League, uh, none of the nets were safe. Yes, a lot of footballs went in. But anyway, that's a topic for another day. In the meantime, if you just join us uh, once again, please uh, do let us know where you're watching this from. Uh, we have the comment section below. Uh, just type in, we'd like to hear from you. Uh, we'd like to hear which parish you're from. And yes, uh, tell us uh, something about your Saturday mornings. All right. And while you're doing that, uh, before I bring in our special guest, let me bring in, bring in the co-host, our regular co-host, the one and only Father Clarence Devadas. Good morning, Father. Hey, good morning, Kevin. <laughs> Maybe we should, we should say welcome back, Kevin. We missed you. <laughs> You've been busy this last couple I've been of busy, months. Um, yeah. Saturday mornings are uh, become becoming a little bit more busy for me. But uh, you know, as long as uh, there's Catholics at home, I'll try and tune in, even if I'm not on the show. So great. Uh, it's great, great uh, to hear a lot of uh, our our experts and of course our celebrities coming on the show in the past week, especially. Of course, I, I missed uh, Stephen and, uh, you know, used to talk with him a little bit about sports before. But uh, anyway, how are you doing, Father? How was, uh, how was breakfast? Oh, good breakfast, Kevin. Uh, always simple breakfast. Yeah, so it's quite simple, standard. Uh, Saturday, quite standard. Cannot be, Saturday cannot be simple, Father. I have to be a bit more, you know, weekend, weekend breakfast. No, they say, they say <laughs> we, are, we are creatures of, of habit, you know. And, and I've developed a, a, a three sets of menu for, for the week. So so it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then same repeat again Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So Sunday I get to do a little bit something different, you know. Sunday ah. and all that. But now things have changed. Like you said, uh we just as we started getting back to to church and mass and now we are back to a two week kind of a suspension. Mm, uh, yeah. So yeah. So we're trying to, to to accommodate all these different changes now. A lot of things have been planned. I know a lot of parishes have got First Holy Communion. Uh, we also got confirmation. Now everything has to be rescheduled. So trying to work those things out now. Yeah, I suppose all the parishes have to adapt quickly eh, when uh, yeah. this kind of news comes out, you know. And uh, I suppose hopefully for some parishes, they have a lot of uh, reliable people who can just make decisions uh, on the spot and get things going. Uh, well, yeah, it's great. I must say that, you know, the number of times that we have encouraged people to join, I think it's very encouraging. I hear quite a few people mm -hmm. have have responded to, to help the parishes. Because all these things, sometimes, you know, you have to do it within a couple of days, get everything sorted out very quickly. Yes. Yeah, I think yes. it's like, you know, yeah, it's, that's, that's been good. That's been good. I think the people have been really great. Yes. And uh, what about the football, Father? You know, we're going to talk about, uh, I suppose, uh, cyberbullying in some, in some, in, in, a, in a little bit while, in a little bit uh, from now, we're going to talk about cyberbullying. But uh, I suppose most football fans have uh, received some, <laughs> some bullying on, on, well, the, on social media. <laughs> when Manchester United uh, let in six goals, well, <laughs> all the messages came in very quickly onto my phone, you know, almost instantaneously. Yeah. But then, but then the next morning, everybody went quiet suddenly. So, <laughs> in fact, so, I think they went in self quarantine also. <laughs> uh, so I was telling, I was telling Mark, you know, there's always this competition between Manchester United and Liverpool. You know, if Manchester United can let in six goals, they surely want to do one better. So they said seven, <laughs> we do seven. So always trying to compete with us. Yeah, that's great. Uh, nice sporting rivalry there. Anyway, Father, we have, uh, I think, a very interesting show. So, you know, I suppose uh, let's get talking about making the net safe yeah. and uh, things that uh, parents and you know, uh, children should know. And uh, we've brought in a special guest from DG, uh, Philip Ling. 
So, um, hi, Philip. Good morning. How are you? Morning. Morning, Kevin. Good. Uh, How are you? I, I'm, I'm well. Hi. I had my... Morning, Philip. Morning. Father was, talk, Father was talking about uh, being creatures of habit. And for me, every Saturday, I have to have my uh, yao chao kueh with a uh, soft-boiled egg. You know, I'll, I'll dip it in the soft-boiled egg. That's a, a ritual for me, <laughs> Saturday mornings. <laughs> but Philip, tell us a bit more about yourself. Uh. Okay. Um, so, I have... Uh, I am Philip Ling. I, I come from a company called DG, who most, most of you are supporting us. Um, <laughs> so, I've been with the company 20 years. Right? Uh, it's been a long journey. Uh, but it's also because that the company truly believes in some of the things we are doing. Example, uh, internet safety, uh, which we've been doing for 10 years now. Uh, and if, uh, in a nutshell, I would say that the issue is uh, is still is still a growing issue. It's still a growing concern. Uh, solutions vary. Uh, it's been evolving, and it's it's a good time to actually take the conversations uh, now uh, because uh, everyone is online, right? Most people are at home. The, the kids are studying online. So it's definitely an issue and conversation to have today. Hmm. And uh, just before we move on, let me just remind the viewers, uh, since Philip is here from DG, when we ask for your comments and questions, we're not asking you to comment about anything about telecommunications or DG. Uh, we're going to ask you for questions about today's show. Just to be clear, better set, set the rules right now, Father Clarence. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're probably getting all your complaints about drop lines. <laughs> But I think I think I think Philip, I think you brought up an interesting point. You know uh, that everything has gone online because of the pandemic now. Or almost everything, you know, from not just uh, you know not just uh, the usual things that we are doing like banking and other things now. You know, education is moving online. Kids are moving in and out. Uh, worship has gone online also. Uh, so you know, uh, so there's a kind of a as much as we say the internet is one of the greatest uh, discoveries of, of this century of the previous century uh, you know there's also a a, a, a worrying uh, concern uh, what's available out there and i was quite shocked actually i was just looking up and there was a report i think many of you have seen in the newspapers that children as as young as eight nine years old already have a social media account uh, so you know they're getting younger uh, they're getting online they're getting connected uh, yeah so it's it's great for to have you here this morning to talk to us a little bit about you know internet safety security and the other thing that we keep hearing during this is the scams uh, internet yeah. scams whoa during this period um, that, that, that you read in newspaper people losing millions yeah so it's a nice topic to talk about kevin and philip to have you this morning with us thank you very much for being with us mm. Yeah, so Philip, maybe you can uh, take us through some of uh, some of uh, the things that you like to talk about today. Yeah, sure. So uh, I have some slides uh, ready, so you can put up the slides. Um, I will I will put up the slides to unpack uh, what do we mean when we talk about this topic, cyberbullying, right? And after we unpack the slides, then uh, I think we will have a conversation on what can be done uh, on the best way we can approach this, right? Um, so um, if yeah, if you can put the slides up and full screen. Uh, then we can go through right so for for us uh the the top the advocacy that we are doing it's on a um uh yeah it's on a topic uh, or a brand that we call yellow heart right that's who we are you can go to the next slide please so uh what's bullying so it's a it's a tale that's old as time uh i grew up uh reading spider-man comics when i was young right so from the days of peter parker and flash thompson right you, you realize that bullying in school is it's such an old story, right? Uh, of course, it's verbal, there's physical, there's social. 
And there's a new aspect that they call the cyber, uh, a platform, a different platform. Uh, next, please. And, and one of the big difference uh, between what's happening in a bullying case in a schoolyard uh, to what's happening online is that they are definitely 24-7, right? You're used to, if, uh, I used to come from a boys' school, uh, so we, we do see a lot of bullying, right? But every time after you get home, it's a safe space, you know, that the bullying so-called ends for the day. And of course, it starts again the next day. But today, it's different, you know, it's, it's always online, right? Uh, 24 7 and uh, people can be anonymous right and that gives people or bullies even more courage uh, to do it to intimate someone hiding behind the screen is anytime anywhere uh, and with the tools that's available today uh, one of the, the biggest impact of bullying is that it's no longer confined to the audience in the schoolyard right if i bully you today it's on a global platform all your friends or your relatives or your aunties your family can actually see what i'm doing towards you and, and I think that's where uh, bullying has gone uh, level up in a sense. Yeah. Um, next, please. Um, so here you see uh, just a quick stat. Uh, so most young people will come across bullying sooner or later, cyberbullying on the internet. So it's not a matter of if, it's actually most of the time a matter of when, right? So the question then becomes when you encounter cyberbullying, uh, are you ready to to find solutions for it? You know, do you know how to tackle it? How how do you process it? Right. Uh, next, please. Um, so even locally, uh, we we don't have to read through, but uh, just a glance here, you see, twenty percent admit to being cyberbullied, and forty-two percent know of someone who's been cyberbullied. Uh, when you do surveys, these are usually the question. You know, people, the kids would say, you know, I know a friend who's been cyberbullied, and or just like I know someone who likes this girl, you know, but most of the time, you know, they are they could be answering for themselves, right? So globally and locally, um, we know that uh, at least half of kids today uh, have come across uh, different uh, harms or, or harassments or embarrassing situations or shaming situations on the internet, right? Um, next, please. Um, there are different uh, uh, different ways of bullying uh, online. Right, uh, we, we won't go through uh, a lot of them, uh, but on on a average basis or most common cases, um, the first one is always uh, what we call um, uh, shaming uh, people or using verbal abuse, right? In a sense, uh, and um, and here you see uh, today, bullying used to be very verbal. Um, and in, in our times, uh, it was just scolding someone, you know, but cyberbullying today, it has gone beyond words, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's text, uh, beyond text, it's a uh, picture. You know, you can bully someone with picture, you can bully someone on video, right? And today, uh, the one of the highest bullying platforms is that actually Instagram. So for us, Instagram is a place where you put photos, you know, how, how does bullying happen? Uh, it's a place where people are bullying using emojis, uh, people are use, bullying using acronyms, you know? So, so those are things that we will try to unpack a, a bit more after this. Uh, next, please. Um, okay, this is a, quite an interesting uh, take on bullying. You know? So what are the factors being bullied? Uh, it's the same offline as it is online, right? And you can see that the, on the basic foundational level is the lack of uh, acceptance and tolerance uh, with people different than us. Uh, the highest across uh, is always physical right so physical could be either fat shaming right uh, what we use every one of us growing up you have a classmate who 
was always considered the, the fatty, right? Uh, it's people wearing spectacles, you know, I used to be called four eyes, you know, and things like that. Uh, and even for people who are disabled, right? Because physically you're different, or even mentally you're different, right? And those are always the highest uh, reason, uh, most common reason for, for bullying. Of course, then you can see here different uh, uh, different origins where people are coming from, different sexual orientations, different religion, gender, uh, family income. So these are all various reasons uh, that, that is used for bullying. And you can see it commonly uh, either in schools, at workplace, uh, among kids, among society. Uh, let's move next. Um, here is just another quick breakdown. So as you can see on the top left, the highest is always attitudes towards someone's appearance, right? Uh, somehow the, the person is just so different from you and, and you feel that there's an opportunity for you to, to comment. And in many of times the comments uh, are derogatory, uh, they are harmful, they are hurtful, right? Uh, attitudes towards my interests or hobbies, right? So that's when, if I, I, I love uh, to read books and Kevin loves uh, sports, you know? Uh, we just, we are so different, right? Um, and then for, for kids, it's attitudes towards high grades, right? Let's say Kevin is the the, the, the highest scorer in school. Right? They get all the A's, you know, and I'm getting all the C's. So that, that jealousy kicks in, that envy kicks in. Uh, so same thing towards uh, household income, uh, looking at people who are um, uh, challenging on, on both uh, what you have and what you don't have. Uh, you can afford a Nike shoe, I can't afford a Nike shoe, so things like that. Um, then the last two, again, attitudes to a low grades, but also a family member or friend who is also bullied. So it's, uh, it's interesting, a lot of bullying, bullying happens also as revenge, right? So let's say if um, my younger brother is being bullied at school, uh, as the older brother, you tend to go back and you try, try to take a, uh, take a shot at whoever is bullying your younger brother, right? So that allows sometimes for the circle to perpetuate uh, in, in a sense. Okay, let's move next. Okay, uh, three main concerns of bullying, right? So when we talk about bullying, uh, now that we've unpacked the various ways it happens and where it happens, uh, three things that we as, as parents or society, we have to think through. What's the frequency or severity of bullying, right? So frequency could be um, if, if me and Kevin, we're classmates, right? And I'm the bully and everything, every day I'm bullying him, right? Uh, and you know that uh, even though it's not, uh, physical harm uh, in the in a long spread of time, uh, it becomes a, a stressful event for Kevin to go to school every day, or to go to tuition every day, or to go online every day on a gaming platform because that's where I am. And every time I see him, I repeat my behavior. So that frequency takes a toll uh, on the victim. Of course, then the severity, right? Severity could could come in into even bullying. That's uh, intimidation. Right, or threatening. So uh, you see people threatening, like, uh, Kevin, if I see you again here, uh, you're, you're going to get it. You know? if, um, so even online, you see a lot of acronyms like, the next time I see you, I'll kill you. you know? So uh, those are, are frequency that, that creates a fear in the child uh, or in, uh, in the victim. Now, the sec next one is impact versus reaction. So in, in the world of bullying, uh, it's actually very uh, psychological, right? Um, and one of the things that we, we know that a bully uh, intimidates you or a bully attacks you, hoping to get an action from you. That's where the, the satisfaction comes from the bully, right? Uh, if I'm bullying uh, Kevin, I would want to see him cry. I would like to see him uh, be afraid. You know? 
And the thing with online, why it perpetuates so much? Uh, let me give you an example, right? So again, uh, if me and Kevin were classmates, and and I, I beat him up, right? I beat him up. Uh, Kevin uh, Kevin cries or Kevin is injured. So once I see him injured or, or fallen to the floor, I will stop, right? I will stop because in a sense, as a bully, I've gotten what I've wanted. No, I've hurt uh, this this young this person. But online, let's say every morning I'm sending Kevin a, a hurtful message, right? I'm saying you're stupid or you're ugly or such, right? But when I send it to you, uh, Kevin could be affected in his own bedroom. He could be crying in his own bedroom. But as a bully, I don't see it. I don't see you crying, you see. So I don't get that satisfaction. So that makes me continue that behavior again and again and again because I, I can't get the satisfaction of seeing uh, Kevin uh, angry, right? And I, I only when he reacts, then only would I probably stop or I will continue. Um, then we also teach uh, children uh, what's the difference between impact and reaction, right? Um, some people react very adversely to bullying. It's a spectrum. Some people will just shrug it off. No, it's fine. It's, it's, uh, everyone calls me uh, by this name, by this nickname. Uh, some people are affected. Now, some people will cry. Some people will be uh, stressed. And, and that's where also things like depression and all those come in. Uh, so that's a word that I want to talk about later when we have our conversations. It's called resiliency. So resiliency is your ability to to be able to re be resilient to something that happens to you, right? And we have different levels of resiliency. So that's impact and reaction. Now the last one is cause and cycle, right? Um, one of the things um, that we've been trying to champion this uh, ten years is that uh, when you see a bullying case. Um, what is the cause, right? Um, we, we tend to be very punitive when it comes to bullying, right? We will punish a bully. Even back in my days, we would bring the bully on the, on the stage uh, at the Perhimpunan, you know, and the principal will whack him on stage, you know, those were the days, right? Um, but as we go down this route, we realize that a lot of bullies are actually victims themselves. A case in point, I, I was once talking to a young boy uh, who is uh, extremely violent in school. Right? The teachers asked me to have a talk with him. Why is he so violent? You know? And talking through him with him, uh, I came to the conclusion what made him so violent is that he told me at one time that uh, at home, his, uh, his father beats his mother. right? And as a young person, he, he's unable to stop his, that violence at home. And it affects him uh, badly. You know? So he, he needs to find an outlet to express that uh, anger. You know? And that caused him to be a bully at school. You know? So if, if you look at it from a surface value, uh, um, surface um, action, and you, you kind of like uh, punish him with punitive uh, wrecking and all those, every time he does something, you're actually not addressing the, the main issue around building, right? And online, it's even more difficult. So you see me and Kevin uh, arguing or bullying each other, right? Uh, who has triggered it? You know? uh, so yeah, sometimes as a mob, we come together and we say, oh, okay, Kevin is the bully and everyone attacks Kevin, everyone uh, puts comments, but no one realized that it, it could be me who started it, right? Uh, so uh, Kevin's uh, react was only a reacting to my bullying and then, then people perceive it as Kevin being the, the instigator. So the cause is something that needs to really be talked about. And we know it's a vicious cycle, it will continue. People who are bullied, often turn to, to bullies. Uh, so these are things to be to, to think through uh, when we unpack this topic. Uh, next, please. Okay, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll just give a quick, uh, so since uh, Father Clarence and Kevin is here, right? Uh, 
where is the bullying happening in this Instagram photo? Hmm. I will tell you, uh, most of the time, young people get it like this. Okay, uh, adults find it a bit more difficult. Right, and that's a that, that's a show of a generation gap. Right? <laughs> Who's being bullied? Who is the, the guy right in front? The the man, the the boy in front with uh, someone pulling his hair. Is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Let me show you the answer. Okay, uh, Mark, if you can. Next. Yes, it's this girl. This girl is being bullied, right? How so? If you look at this photo, everyone is tagged. Everyone has a name. Uh, this girl is not tagged, right? She is, and it's not by mistake, and it's not by uh, uh, any factor of, of forgetting it, right? It's done on purpose. So one of the other ways of bullying, so um, especially among girls, it's very different between bullying uh, boys and girls, right? Boys are very verbal, very direct. Uh, girls use exclusion, right? In the sense that, is in this group photo or class photo, you are in the photo, but you're not one of us. Right? So we see it even when, when we're young with my sisters and such, you know, uh, I've got a birthday party, I'm going to invite everyone in class except for her. You know? and, and those are ways um, that makes it very stressful for young people when they're excluded from, from a community or from a group, right? Uh, and in the same way, uh, today, sometimes as parents, we don't understand this type of stress that young people are going through, you know. Uh, so, example, if uh, there's a WhatsApp group and everyone is talking about something and your child realized that they are the, the, the topic of the day and, and they haven't heard about it, they just uh, heard it through the grapevine, the next day when they go to school, they won't be able to concentrate on the studies. They are just trying to find out what has been spoken of last night, right, in all that whole long conversation. Um, and, and that's where the stress comes in for a lot of young people. Um, there's another type of bullying called um, subtweeting. So in Twitter, let's say I want to talk about uh, Kevin, right? Uh, we're all bullying Kevin. So we're all saying that, you know, that that guy, you know, who sits in the last row, you know, who always laughs, you know, the person who likes to wear black, you know. So if you go into the conversation, everyone knows who we are bullying, uh, right? But no names are mentioned. We never once mentioned that it's Kevin. But by true description, we know exactly who we are bullying. Now, this makes it very difficult for adults to find out who is bullying and who is being bullied. But we can clearly see something is happening in that. Right? So these are the, the type of things that's happening online that's, that's so very different. Uh, next, please. Um, okay, last, uh, last few slides. Um, so one of the things we also like to um, make more awareness with our young people is understanding future risk, right? Because the internet is just growing and growing. So let's say if I'm, I'm doing a silly photo like this, uh, and I put it online, right? Uh, next, please. So there's uh, no stopping someone from downloading a photo and using it elsewhere, right? So uh, to, to either shame you or to, to use it. Uh, there have been instances where, instances where, let's say a Malaysian family, this is a story I heard, uh, a very uh, beautiful family, a nice, handsome looking father, pretty mother, and uh, two adorable kids, right? They took a family photo, they put it online. At one time, they went to another country and they found their photo being used as an advertisement, right? Uh, by by some another person in the country. They say, oh, these agents love this thing. Huh? And they were so surprised that their photo has been taken and, and in another country. It was, of course, by pure coincidence that they stumbled across it. But it proves the point that today, when you put online, it doesn't know, it no longer belongs to you. It belongs to whoever downloads it, right? In that sense. And next. 
So going on the same premises, if you are doing photos like this, you know, photos that uh, that we might not feel embarrassing at this point in time, but as we grow older, uh, we kind of regret uh, some of the things that we put online. But people has already downloaded it, right? So next, please. Um, so the, the way you have to understand is that um, uh, these things can come back and bite us in the future, right? Let's say the young uh, young boy who was wearing a uh, girl's clothes, right? Uh, Ten years down the road, he's a CEO of a company. He's a uh, uh, someone uh, important in in the government or such, right? Uh, someone can just re-upload that photo and start blackmailing or shaming the person, right? And it's always easy to put it out of context, right? And and that's where the future risk comes in uh, when we talk about sharing things online. Okay, next. Um, I'm going to move to the the other side of the spectrum. So we were here talking all about prevention, right? Things that we need to prevent. Uh, the other spectrum is cure, right? How do we uh, create solutions? Uh, does young people trust uh, adults uh, to, to tell of their issue? Um, let me give you an example. Um, sometimes as adults, we don't uh, quite get how stressful it is for the child. Let's say you have a child who is 10 year old, right? You have a child who is 10 year old. And uh, your child wants to go out to the football field. We were talking, right? Sports. Let's go out to the football and play. So he goes to the field. There is a group of adults who are 20 to 30 or, or college kids or university kids playing, right? Would you advise your 10-year-old child to join in that group of football players? No? You probably said no. Why? Because these older brothers, so-called, uh, will probably uh, laugh at you. They won't pass you the ball, you know? Uh, so uh, if you insist on going in there, you'll probably be bullied to a certain extent. Uh, that I think most adults will agree, but your child goes on the online gaming platform, and in the gaming platform, he's actually playing with a lot of other people who are adults. So imagine your child comes online. Your child has been building his army, so-called you know, like online game army for one year. It's used one year to build up an army. Me as an adult, I go in because I can buy an army. I can afford to buy an army, right? I wipe out your child's army in five minutes. Right? And your child starts crying because the one-year effort is now down the drain. But as a parent, our reaction is that, don't worry about it, it's only a game, you know. But why, why are you being affected so much? I told you not to play so long. Why are you playing the, the online game all the time? And now you're crying. Right? But we don't realize that it's not a right of growing up. Bullying is not a right of growing up. It's not a right of passage, sorry. It's not a right of passage. Whether online or offline, it's never a right of passage. And it's important for us to take those conversations and so that the child trusts us uh, when they come across something that is uh, hurtful to them, right? Um, okay, let's uh, move on to the next slide. Um, just to close off with two slides, uh, this one was just a few days ago uh, in the start. Uh, so if you just look at the, the top middle online safety, uh, internet usage before and, after, uh, before and during the MCO, uh, a lot of children are now online, definitely, right? Um, and for us, DG, one of the things we support is a child line. It's a helpline, 15999. During the past eight months, uh, the calls to child line has gone up a thousand percent. Right, more children are actually calling up a child line to say that uh, I've got, I, I wanted, I want to talk. You know, I've got uh, stress. I've got uh, issues, and a lot of these are actually also related to bullying uh, in one way or another. Right? Uh, then we were talking about scam earlier. So you see on the top right, child identity fraud. Uh, it's been shown that a child who is bullied 
is also more likely to encounter uh, fraud uh, or scams. Okay, uh, next. Okay, uh, let me uh, have a look at, uh, show this video. I think the next is a video. Um, this is something that's uh, probably very different from the way we would see a bullying uh, video, right? And it was interesting, this video was built uh, by a teenager's idea, you know, the way he perceives bullying, right? So uh, if we can, or, or we don't have it, uh, next page. Yes. I think the audio is not on yet. So, so the video basically comes from a, a perspective of a father uh, talking to his daughter, uh, who is a bully, right? And uh, it's it's uh, it's using words and acronyms and uh, uh, visuals. That is very young person centric, right? Okay, let's try. Thanks, Mike. Um, and go to the last page, I think, last two pages. So uh, I wanted to show this video to, to show that sometimes we don't uh, think that our children are bullies, right? Uh, a child offline and a child online can sometimes have two very different personas. So a child who is um, introvert at home could be very extrovert online. Uh, he could be uh, shooting his words and, and comments everywhere, right? Uh, and bullying actually uh, follows a platform. So if you're trying to find your, your child bullying on Facebook, it might not be there. Because I tell you, most children say that the only reason I'm on Facebook is because my mom and dad is on Facebook, right? And they want to see what I'm doing, so I'll just post what they want to see on my Facebook. But I'm on other platforms now, right? 
uh, and do this uh, among us. If you haven't seen this, this is the latest craze, the latest game that all young people are playing called Among Us, right? Uh, and and things can even happen uh, in all these new platforms. Uh, last page, please. And um, so let's go into talking about, so, uh, of course, we can unpack, we can take questions, and let's talk about how do we find solutions to this issue. Thank you. Wow, uh, Philip. First of all, uh, thank you for for that. Uh, That's very uh, well done presentation, and you know, certainly, to be honest, I come from a generation that I don't know whether I'm a, I'm not even a digital native or a digital migrant. I'm just not digital. <laughs> so you know, um, you know, when when I was when I knew we were going to do this topic, I was trying to figure out, you know, what can I what can I talk about cyberbullying? Because you know, I really don't understand it. But you know, uh, thank you for that presentation. Uh, it was uh, well presented, and certainly a lot of points that we can we can cover in this show uh, but before that uh, uh, maybe if I can bring on our other guests so that uh, YB Kasuri can also join in the conversation uh, morning uh, YB Kasuri Pato MP of uh, Batu Kawan how are you good morning everyone uh, Father Clarence Kevin and also um, Philip uh, I'm good uh, and yourself Yes, yes, we are very well. Thank you. Um, you know, the last time you were on the show, we had a lot of uh, encouraging comments and feedback. Everybody uh, loved what you had to say and also it was a very entertaining show, I must say. So uh, thank you for com coming back again. And uh, of course, we know you have a campaign about, um, about in enacting laws for cyberbullies and we will, we will talk about that as well. Uh, but maybe we can uh, just continue with Philip and have this discussion together, all four of us, about uh, what uh, Philip has just presented. Thanks, thanks, Philip, uh, yeah, for, for unpacking a, a very intense topic uh, in, in such a short space of time that we have given to you. I think it, it puts the issue in perspective. You know, as I said, uh, Kevin is right. Many of us are, are, are not uh, digital natives. We have migrated into digital uh, a lot of it. At least for myself, right? maybe you all are young, much younger, so you all may be digital natives in, in more, more than I am. Uh, but I think this is the challenge, you know, this is the challenge that a lot of young people go online uh, and uh, they are not aware of what is out there. Uh, I, I mean, as a pastor, as a priest, I always hear the struggles between parents and children, you know, children wanting an, an online uh, presence. Uh, parents saying, no, no, you cannot, you can't do that, uh, you know, and then they become Facebook first and then when their parents get on Facebook, they go somewhere else, you know. Uh, as soon as their parents come, or they block their parents, or they don't accept their, their parents' friend request. Uh, so I, I hear all these things uh, happening, uh, and there's always this this struggle, this tension uh, in the family. Uh, parents thinking, when, at what age should I allow my child to be, you know, to have a digital footprint? You know, uh, I was shocked at that that report. Eight to nine years old already, you know, they are, and they're very savvy, you know. Uh, I shall not name all the, I don't think I can name all the social media platforms, uh, you know, uh, everybody's in the craze, you know, uh, lots of people have been trying to get me to do some TikTok videos, which I resisted. <laughs> I don't know what I would do, but, you know, but that's the conversation the young people are having today. Uh, and, 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 and that's what we are also struggling with. Uh, no, in your in your view, I mean, I I think that you are a parent also. You know, how how do you how do you manage this? The need for them to have a, 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 a an online presence, but yet 
parents who are not comfortable how do how, how do you negotiate that in, for you hmm. um so so a very good question very pertinent question even for myself i've got two girls uh, one is 10 one is 13. um so uh, for children so one thing we, we have to understand is that children mature uh, differently right some are much more responsible when they're 10 years old or 12 years old some even at form one form two they're still acting very childish right so it's very important for a parent to look at the responsible level of a child right uh, before you you decide to give him a larger world to explore so-called right um so uh i for, for me myself and with my daughters i think at a very young age uh, we started to make sure that the conversations are there right uh, so it's it's even today my 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 children are more IT savvy to me to, uh, uh, than me. Uh, you'd be surprised. Malaysian children are so uh, so explorative. Uh, you will actually see Malaysian children on Russian apps, on Middle Eastern apps. You know, they would they would just venture out there to see what's out there. You know, uh, and one main reason is of course their parents are not there. Right. Uh, in fact, I've met a lot of kids in school. Who has two phones also i asked them why do you need two phones and they said oh because this phone is for my mom to check the other phone is my phone <laughs> so at, at a certain point um, i would say that uh, if your child is still in primary age it's the best time to take those conversations you know, to to watch youtubes together you know, to do a few posts of course that's when you can put in certain controls uh, once your child reaches that puberty age uh, it's if you have not built that trust with the child uh, it's it's extremely difficult already, right? Because it's very easy for them to hide things from you, and and bullying happens mainly at the puberty age, you know, when when as guys our voice changes, our body changes, or girls too, you know, and that's when you know you used to be in center four and you sit next to this girl and you feel so yucky, you know, and then suddenly by form one you want to sit next to the girl, right? So that that's a huge change in puberty, and that's when bullying happens, you know. Oh, Kevin likes Kasturi. Kasturi likes Kevin. You know, when when things happen, that's when your child uh, needs someone to be there that they can trust. You know? and and that's where uh, I feel my, I myself have taken that approach with my kids. And it's interesting, like when you when you say this bullying, uh, you know, in those days it happened. Okay, it happened in school or something, and you come back home, it's over. You know, you just dread the next day or something like that. But now it's just 24-7. I think you, you did mention that in your slide. And, you know, how, how do we run away from that? Uh, YB Kasturi, any thoughts on uh, what Philip has uh, presented and shared so far? <laughs> um, well, I actually learned also a lot on uh, what Philip had uh, shared just now, especially when you compartmentalise uh, uh, the issue, when you com compartmentalise the problem. Uh, and also very interesting to see uh, that Instagram visual of who we all thought was actually the person who was bullied, but then we neglected to look at the fact that that girl standing by the side was not uh, included. Uh, and I think this is particularly um, uh, uh, very, very prominent uh, but amongst young people who are on social media. And also it is this sort of, but then these are examples given for children. Um, you know, but we also see many adults being victims of cyberbullying and harassment as well. Um, uh, in fact, uh, we all know uh, the case of a young girl who uh, committed suicide um, in May this year. And then, she's from my constituency, so I visited her family, spoke to her siblings and found that they actually reached out to the admin of the page to ask him to remove the post and he refused to do it by saying uh, you should raise your child better 
you should raise your sister better, educate her better not to do these kind of things. So it's a sort of moral policing that is also happening on cyberbullying uh, uh, on social media, which then, you know, uh, is what cyberbullying is. Um, so I raised it in Parliament, uh, the last sitting, uh, uh, if you all have not heard. Uh, and also I was uh, joined by YB Mariachi and MP for Petaling Jaya as well. So the minister then replied in parliament saying that um, uh, they have appointed multimedia university to head a team to do conduct a research, a poll or a study whether do we need cyber standalone cyberbullying laws. Um, and um, so the team now is headed by Dr. Bama. Uh, she's the head of the team and she has uh, other other experts in the team as well. Um, just a few days ago, we did a webinar with Dr. Bama and her team together with YB Maria and tried to outline some basic things that we can do now uh, because this study will, will happen between July to end of the year. And the conclusion will be then presented to the minister who will then table it in the cabinet for a decision. Now, in my opinion, I think we need cyberbullying laws, standalone cyberbullying laws, because the existing laws are not adequate, or uh, it is fairly, even though, Philip, you mentioned that bullying is uh, as old as time. Uh, and that's that's face-to-face -face sort of bullying. All of us at some point in our life perhaps had been bullied by our friends, in our families, in society, in our places of worship, maybe university and even where we work. Um, but then now it is, you know, the game has the game has moved from from face to face bullying, physical bullying rather, to online uh, bullying. And that's also like what Kevin said, it's 24 hours. Uh, you know, you try to close that chapter from school and you come home and it haunts you, it follows you back and it follows you for days on end. And, and on one day, years down the line, it will come up again. So how do we protect ourselves from this? I, I guess uh, uh, it, it has to be uh, from an awareness point of view awareness, education uh, on laws, on your rights, etc. But then it's also it also has to be penal in nature to some extent. Um, and uh, my conversation with the Penang CPO was actually very good. He was very frank, very open. He said um, it's actually a fairly new crime in the country, cyberbullying. Uh, the police are more equipped dealing with the hard crimes that, that actually is more evidence-based right in front of them uh, rather than deal with something that is on social media. And I can understand why. Uh, they are already shortchanged on manpower, on human on resources, uh, monetary resources, human resources, and other uh, amenities as well. So I think having laws like this will then also, um, it, it, I mean, the discussion that we had uh, on the webinar uh, actually focused a lot on a law that is uh, uh, that would educate as, as well as punish, uh, which is important. I mean, I'm just saying it as it is. A lot of people will say, oh, you cannot be punishing, you have to, yeah, but the must work hand uh, in glove. You have to create an awareness, you have to educate, and then you have to punish if they're found to have um, uh, flouted the law. Uh, and this conversation has been going on for very, very long, uh, uh, apparently since 1985. For example, for sex education, we've been talking about it from 1985, but cyberbullying is something fairly new. Uh, my concern is, yes, uh, protecting children uh, uh, 
whether with supervision or without who are active uh, online on social media and also adults as well uh, there's also the other aspect of um, grooming on social media on sexual violence against children on social media, pornography and uh, now the latest is i've been hearing with i'm sure you've been you've heard rumors of bitcoins uh, maybe making a very interesting um, emergence and that is scary because you cannot trace there's no money trail for bitcoins and therefore the exploitation of children women boys on social media on online uh, will be then very difficult to to, to trace uh, and that is also something that i think uh, is quite important to look at but maybe in, in time to come but today on cyberbullying yes um, I've even uh, informed Dr. Bama about this uh, uh, this podcast, and uh, I think she also has uh, signed up. Yes, uh, Mark. Yeah, Dr. Bama, yes, <laughs> she's tuning in now. So she's the one heading it, and it's good to have people who are on the same wavelength um, as you if you want to look at uh, coming up with this kind of uh, standalone laws. But I think. Um, I, I totally understand how when parents hand over a mobile device like phone or tablet or even their laptop to their children to use because they are occupied with something else. And especially when you come look at households where you have a single parent who's trying to run the show and they don't have enough time for their children, which is also very understandable, then the mobile device becomes that window of okay i need to do my thing so just occupy yourself with this and children find gratification uh, or attraction when they go on social media when they you know it's it's a feeling of i get to converse with my friends without my mother watching me or seeing me or my father watching me and seeing me i'm a different person on social media and, you know so all this is quite scary and i have two nieces as well and they uh they watch a lot of programs on on youtube uh, and uh, every time I hear language switch to Russian or some other language, I will always quickly run over and take a look at the phone to see what exactly have they clicked on or they're watching. You know? And but how many how many of us have that luxury of being next to our child, constantly watching what they have access to? Uh, so I think the conversation must start in schools. Uh, it must start in um, local communities. For example, uh, in Penang, under Penang Women Development Corporation and also Penang Youth Development Corporation, there has been a lot of conversation on, apart from political education, but to create that sort of an awareness, uh, to empower women and at the same time to focus on strengthening family uh, structures. And this means also the conversation on cyberbullying, etc., which is also very interesting. When I talked about it on social media, many, many actually asked me, how do you then draw the line between freedom of speech and cyberbullying? Uh, and I think this is, this is I actually suggested to the ministry that the ministry should engage with the public and maybe perhaps start this um, town hall style webinars uh, to talk to people, talk to parents, and perhaps state by state, pick, you know, fix a date for the state of Slango, for example, from this time to this time, we will be accepting comments and questions and we'll, we, we want to hear what the general public have to say about standalone cyberbullying laws, what should be it, what shouldn't, uh, yeah, and then work towards uh, coming up with at least a draft of 
of this uh, this new law. But yeah, I I it's interesting to hear uh, from from Philip, who is part of the service provider fraternity, uh, which is also quite. I can understand the the constraints that you have. It's not so simple to make a, a um, you know a, a a request or rather an instruction. Take this down, please. You shouldn't allow this. You shouldn't allow that. Um, you know because there are laws that that you have to abide by, whether they're sufficient or not. That's another subject. So yeah, we have a long way to go. Uh, but. But when you, when you when you talk about legislation, I think the conversation on cyberbullying uh, must start now, and uh, there shouldn't be another instance of a DJNIG uh, who perish at the hands of uh, cyberbullies uh, and uh, um, people who harass others on social media. I think why being you, you know, the passion with which you speak, you know, uh, just simply. Uh, Essentially, the point that you know, I know that you know, you speak from experience. <laughs> a lot of people have very negative yeah. comments, uh, and I wouldn't, I mean, the word I thought of using is not charitable, but it goes beyond that. Uh, sometimes it becomes very abusive, the language. I think we talk about two different things, and uh, uh, Philip focuses on, on educating young people, uh, young school children, you know, so that they don't become bullies, you know, then you are dealing with. You know, people who are already doing it. What kind of, you know, uh, laws or you know boundaries to be to be set? Uh, the one thing that I, I get from Philip and both uh, YB is that you know, the term cyberbullying is very wide. You know, uh, it's, it's a very wide thing. You know, like you pointed out now. You know, uh, you you comment on somebody's physical appearance can also be termed as cyberbullying. You know, uh, so so it's, it's it's very it's a very wide spectrum that, that we are we are dealing with. But, but we also realize that uh, does this in any way make you know make us less resilient to to challenges in life? I, I, I'm just asking a question. You know, you know when when you have to be you know I, I'm not I'm not advocating. Let me get get it right. I'm not advocating bullying. You know, but I kind of at least I speak for my grow up. I, you grow up very much your your formation character also happens on the football field when you play you know when you fight with someone when you you, you know you, you you know that's that forms you as a person when now we have all these protective uh, pillows around us does it create a different generation of people that is less resilient uh, to negative comments uh philip i don't know i, I just i'm just i'm just wondering this you're speaking i'm just kind of wondering you know does this happen now we have all this protection for them so, so for me, uh, when it comes to bullying, agree again. I agree that definitely we need laws uh, to to set the boundaries. Um, but it has to be a whole ecosystem, right? It has to be education. It has to be support networks. You, if you read uh, um, re uh, resources on bullying, one of the big issues is bystander people who stand around but dare not take action, right? So same thing in the schoolyard when no one takes action, the bully becomes uh, more and more bold. So where where does community and support system comes in uh, in a sense? Um, but bullying or cyberbullying, in a sense, is an imbalance of power, right? So let's say if, if I'm larger in, in size uh, than Kevin, I, I can, of course, uh, beat him and, and such, right? But online, it, the balance of power changes, right? If I'm not more techy, right, and it's very easy for me to bully him in a sense, right? Uh, and, and that's where you need to find that problem with the imbalance of power uh, and, and put it 
at, at, a, at a level where the child has a resilience level to, to meet that issue. Now, what I mean is that the child has support networks. I know who I can report to. I know who I can ask for help. I think uh, the worst case is when the child feels that he's trapped or the, the victim is feel that he's trapped and there's no way out. No, no one's there to help him. No one understands what's happening. Uh, and that's when the child or the victim resorts to, to certain actions that's very self-harming. Right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the main thing that we're trying to uh, address to a certain sense. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, I think we've got a lot of questions coming in already. So maybe we should uh, take a couple of questions. Um, Philip, we'll talk about DG's initiative a little later, so I will hold that question for now. But let's just go to cyberbullying being educated in schools. And I think there's a separate question, where can parents go for lessons or courses for this topic? I guess parents also need to be educated on how to deal with this situation. You know, I think, like I said, some of us may be clueless and, you know, how to deal with it. So is it already in schools or we are working um, towards that? Yeah, so it's uh, to a certain extent, I guess it's in schools. Uh, I think that the challenge with schools is that, you know, our textbooks, uh, you have to plan it three years in advance, right, uh, mm -hmm. to get it printed and ready. By the time it comes out, uh, that whatever is there is probably obsolete, right? We used to, example, have tips, uh, put your desktop in the living room where everyone can see, you know. Mm -hmm. Those type of uh, advice is no longer uh, useful today, right? And whatever tips we are putting out today, three years down the road, uh, is probably obsolete also. Mm -hmm. So that's where one of the challenges are, uh, which is why it's, uh, if you look for resources, there's a lot of resources online, right? And some, sometimes I felt it's most easy for, for communities to come together, like, like what we have today, right? parental groups of friends to just talk about the issue you know my my daughter my son is going through this issue you know uh, and and learn from one another uh, so i think those are ways uh, of, of best approaching it uh, looking at the options and things you can do who are the people you can talk to uh, those are probably some of the ways because at the end of the day it's very hard to capture or we say which hunt the bullying right so you know today uh, uh, Online, there's algorithms, you know, you try to filter out vulgar words, example, right? But it doesn't work. Let's say I want to scroll Kevin today. People are saying that, oh, Kevin, you are so Google. No, you're so Google and, and Kevin, I FBU, I IGU, you know? And they're actually substituting the, the vulgar words for normal everyday words. So as a child, uh, everyone's laughing it when I say, Kevin, you're so Google. Uh, but as an adult, I don't know what it means. No? So, so that's where we need to have those conversations with children. Uh, what's affecting you, what's making you sad, what's making you uh, hide in your room and such. And YB, from your point of view, um, you know, you said that awareness should begin in schools and all that. Uh, like Philip said, it's, we need to be, we need to adapt quicker. Can the uh, leaders in, um, you know, of our country and in all these so, uh, ministries, can we adapt quicker to that you know like if something happens can we um, you know get down I mean it's going to take a long time to go through all the processes and uh, the the approvals and stuff like that uh, can we push for something that's a bit more quicker to adapt to situations um, I think uh, I don't want to say if there's a will there's a way hmm. uh, but then I, I think they should be held accountable uh, for that um, and um, just, just to quickly touch on what Philip said that uh, while it does take three years to put in, uh, you know, to, to 
come up with syllabus or information in textbooks, etc. Uh, today, we find many um, society organizations going into schools to talk to them about good touch and bad touch for children. Uh, to go in to talk about um, safe sex, rather. Uh, even on, on sex education, and this is not specifically in syllabus as what I would want or many of us would want the syllabus to have. Uh, it is the other uh, uh, information that they're using from, from, not from your, your traditional uh, textbooks, you know. So um, I think this sort of conversation, uh, this sort of conversation on cyberbullying, Perhaps even if it's not in the textbooks, it can be then, uh, uh, you know, kicked off by other groups, agencies going into schools to talk about it, uh, rather than having it in print. Because when you want to have it in print, it will go through a lot of very lengthy process, etc. But coming to talk about them, slides, shows, and uh, interaction, etc. You know, uh, I think that would also work. But the government has to do it. We will propose. Uh, all these proposals are definitely. Obama is listening, so she would, she would definitely take into uh, account all these uh, proposals and suggestions. Um, but I think what is important is also for people to reach out to your, your elected reps, whether it's on a state level or federal level, tell them to remind them because uh, Parliament will convene on the 2nd of November for the budget sitting. And uh, October is the cutoff date for us to submit our questions. So we have six days more. Reach out to your look, your elected reps and tell them, maybe please put in a question on cyberbullying. Please put in a question on uh, uh, empowering children, empowering youths, even empowering parents and adults. How do you deal with this sort of uh, uh, um, harassment and bullying on social media? Uh, while we do have laws in the country, and you can always say that there, the uh, MCMC is there, but it's also uh, the how many how many complaints have actually gone and how much uh, how many people have actually been charged. You know, I just want to quickly share uh, a parliament answer that was given to a question that I put in and that was one answer in the previous parliament sitting. So uh, from January to June this year. MCMC received a total complaint of 11,235 for various crimes, various offences. Uh, however, 143 cases had been investigated under Section 23 of the MCMC Act, and a lot of cyberbullying comes under this uh, the hate speech, the cyberbullying, etc. Seven um, have been brought to court which means we're talking about only 1% of these cases that have been brought to court. I assume all the other, uh, from the 11,000, the rest probably may have been investigated or charged under the penal code, criminal defamation, mailing, etc. MCMC would, would, their jurisdiction is on this sort of hate speech, the cyberbullying and, and this kind of uh, uh, violations. And if you're talking about 11,000, so many cases, and, as what Philip had said, if there had been 1,000% increase of children calling up 15999 to say that they have gone through some experience of bullying or harassment, some violence, then that should tell you with this, this number that it should be reflected here, and it doesn't. Which means the current system, the current, not just the law, but the system is just, it's broken. So we need to, to start the conversation on cyberbullying fresh, 
and I think it's good that multimedia university has been tasked to do this, uh, you know, uh, so that they can get opinions uh, and view views of, of the public and then present it to the to the minister. Alternatively, I think uh, I would encourage uh, parents out there, even adults, youths out there. Um, emailing the, the ministry to tell them what you think about cyberbullying laws, what do you think in your opinion can be done, should be done. Currently, we're looking at the Singapore model, but uh, I think it should be also looked upon not from a punitive point of view, but rehabilitative as well. Uh, you know, you don't want young people to, to, be, to, to be charged with something that they didn't know was wrong. Uh, you know, a teenager could think that this is very normal in my family to speak this way, uh, you know, to call people maybe even derogatory terms, but then it's not acceptable outside. Um, for example, how easy for us to call somebody jakun and sakai only because it's something that we speak about in our own homes, not knowing that it is a tribe among the orang asli and should never be used to compare status or, or class or standard so these are things that maybe young people won't know and that is why uh, we need to talk about it but textbook oh i don't know three years down the line you know <laughs> we need to deal with it right yeah. now you know yeah this is something that i was just saying i was just as i was listening to you but this is something that we should start introducing in our sunday school too to talk to our to our children in Sunday school, you know, about, about this. You know, I, I, I see different levels here. Uh, as I said, you know, uh, Philip's work is very much uh, involved with, with young children, uh, educating them. So, uh, but I also wonder whether, I, I, and I'm not sure, uh, you know, we have laws, uh, we have these programs, like, for example, organizations, uh, perhaps DG has something, yeah, you know, you have some kind of a social media etiquette you know, uh, what the do's and don'ts, you know. Uh, are there many organizations out there, I mean, HR departments who set out uh, guidelines for their people? What are the do's and don'ts? I I'm not aware. Uh, yeah. uh, we don't have one in, here in the Catholic Church. Maybe we should. Uh, but I'm just wondering whether, whether Philip has some, some experience in the area. Yeah, so, so most uh, organizations have something called a code of conduct, right, uh, on the type of conduct. Uh, and I guess for the church, it's a 66 book uh, Bible, right? And and I guess uh, for us, we have a social media uh, um, so-called manual, right? On what you can post or what you shouldn't post on the social media. Just at the end of the day, you're representing the company, right? And I, I think that the same thing also, uh, if if I can just uh, dovetail on what YB said, um, today, the resources are there. So example, in uh, the Ministry of Education launched a uh, educational platform during the MCO period. It's called the Lima. So all children in government schools today have an MOE email. If you don't, uh, do ask your child to ask the teachers that they can enter this platform. But the, the issue, the problem then becomes, but children are so focused today on academics. When I go to the platform, although internet safety modules and information is there, I'm, I'm looking at my maths, my English, my sejarah, you know, they are, we are so academic uh, biased that we sometimes forget to teach life skills to our children, right? Even, you know, in, in moral classes in a lot of schools, it's just uh, memorizing the, the moral classes so that you can answer A, B, C, D in exam. But to what extent of that impact do we build uh, in, in our children? I think that's that's one question we need to ask in general. Um, secondly, like you said, with parents and child, it's always good that 
before when you first give the child a, a device you know that's that's almost like a like you said a code of conduct or something that we agree on both sides so what happens if uh, you're you're caught uh, sharing your your photos online or naked photos online what happens when uh, certain things are happening online right so rather than uh, just uh, punishing sometimes without taking those conversations i think it's important that we we list down those things uh, promises with our kids uh, that we are transparent that as a parent i won't overreact you know i will listen to your your side of the story uh, before we decide whether it's right or wrong and, and what should be done so again it goes back to the family unit yeah and uh, as i mentioned earlier uh, philip we had some questions and one asking about the uh, dg's initiative uh, mm-hmm. would you like to add on to that yeah so so the main one is that of course we have resources on the ministry of education's platform today uh, we are also uh, so our main thing is that we constantly talk to young people to find out what's the latest trends, uh, what's what's the latest acronym, what's the latest way of bullying, and we try to produce those in terms of uh, uh, resources for parents. Uh, so if you go to our web page, our social media, you you find out some of these things, uh, and of course we try to link parents up or, or groups to other NGOs or other people out there. Uh, when when you need it, so example, we are smart partner to to Childline to a lot of NGOs, but we also a smart partner to PDRM. So when the issue becomes criminal in nature, then we will advise them. Okay, you can actually go uh, to to the police when it's just requiring more counselling, more more building of the skills or resiliency of the child. We tell them why don't you take this type of conversations with your child, right? And and same thing with uh, example sexual education. At what age do you start uh, talking to the child about it? Right, so it's the same type of topics that you need to talk about. Well, I, I, I'm not. I'm not going to put you in the spot, and I, this is just something that crossed across my mind. You don't have to answer. We don't want to. But let's say, let's say, in our churches, you know, in our churches, uh, you know, if we want to invite someone to come and speak to our young people, you know, uh, could they get in touch with your organization, or could you put us in touch with some other organization? Because a lot of us who do Sunday school, we are not experts in this this field, uh, and then we probably get you know like the slides you have. To share with our young people is there an avenue for that yes yes definitely you can approach us uh, we've done it before i think for uh the holy family in, in gajang also uh and we've done it for a number of other organizations uh religious communities i think basically we actually like that because these are where parents gather right? it's very it's very easy to go to schools and, and educate a child it's very hard to find parental groups you know? and i think in community groups that's where we can uh, most of the time find them uh, and help them uh, on on this journey in a sense. Yeah. So how how do we get in touch with you or with your team? Uh, um, I guess you can email us. Uh, so uh, I can share my email uh, later. Uh, another group that's very active in this is uh, Generasi Gemilang. You might have heard of them. So Generasi Gemilang also uh, works on a lot about. Uh, interesting. They look about even on addiction, like uh, gaming addiction. You know, uh, pornography addiction. Uh, actually, as you go into the whole issue, there's a lot of relations. I, uh, if I can use one quick example, uh, there was a real case where there was a group of uh, girls bullying one girl in particular in the group, right, in the social media group, and because she was a bit more clumped in a sense, right? Uh, so as they were bullying her, this new person came in, and this, this new person became a friend to this girl. He's saying that all your friends are just girls. Today, you are a woman. You're no longer a girl, right? And very quickly, that bullying case became a grooming case. Right, immediately she she fell in love with this guy and then things started to happen right so when someone has very low self-esteem or is in a very vulnerable stage it's very easy for other risks to jump on board that bandwagon 
and those are things that I think we need to watch out very much. Hmm. Thank you for asking for that, uh, for the clearance, uh, for some guidance for our Sunday school teachers. I think some Sunday school teachers are asking the kids how to open Instagram account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing because you know when when we went online, you know a lot of our teachers didn't even know how to use uh, Google or or other things. You know how to run Sunday school programs, and the, and the children were teaching them uh, how to use it. You know, uh, so I think I think you know it's great that. If we can, you know, uh, if, yeah, a lot of Sunday school teachers probably would, would be listening to this, uh, who can get in touch with Philip, and I'm sure Philip or Philip can direct us. I think that is the the education part, you know, of our young people. Because I think this is a great concern. Like, 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 you know, like you said, you know, I know, I know, we have extended our time. That the mobile device has become the best babysitter for for a lot of parents. <laughs> you know, so they are online a lot of times. You know, uh, and they pick up a lot of things from that. You know, uh, maybe on another show we will talk about about gaming, how gaming, you know, kind of uh, somehow conditions the mind of our young people. Uh, a lot of this violent game. Something I struggle with that too. How to answer this question? Perhaps we have Philip another time. Uh, yeah, and 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 maybe why be why be you know if people want to support your initiative, you know, is there something that apart from getting in touch with your with your local uh, member of parliament, is there somewhere they could go to, you know, sign up their support? Is there a, a signature campaign or something like that? To we haven't started uh, an initiative like a signature campaign, father, uh, uh, but it is an idea though. Uh, but I think uh, perhaps a signature campaign would be necessary once the show or we have proposed uh, to the ministry um, to have a, a bipartisan briefing for all MPs in Parliament uh, on cyberbullying laws and what it entails. Uh, to have this sort of town hall webinar so you can reach out to the men on the street and hear particularly uh, parents and also adults and young people who are either victims or who don't understand or didn't know that what they were doing was actually cyberbullying. Uh, and then uh, I think we can talk about a signature campaign. Launching a signature campaign just solely on calling for cyberbullying laws uh, without knowing the content of it, uh, I think uh, you know, would mean that we have to delay the process of coming up with this law if it has to be studied and restudied again. Um, but I think that's that's uh, uh, important. But I think uh, places of worship are unique to, to, to because I always say that places of worship are places where people come without expecting anything uh, other than blessings or for a place for them to pour out their, their you know, sorrows, their heartaches and, you know, for hope. Uh, it's unlike doing a campaign in a mall where they come and they hope they go back with a goodie bag or a pen or a... Uh, you know, power bank or something like that. Uh, and I think that those are the best places to also share the message uh, of positivity, message of uh, no to body shaming, no to cyberbullying. Uh, you know, it boils down to that, that feeling of inequality. Sometimes it boils down to uh, uh, gender inequality, class inequality. Uh, you know, and I think to be broken uh, and thought, you know, restructured again, you know, uh, at a very young age. But many adults who have never had the opportunity to understand these issues grow up with this sort of a mindset. 
you know, it is and it's shocking because uh, I, someone someone also posted something nasty on Twitter a few days ago uh, uh, towards me, and this is something normal. But what I did was I did, took a screenshot of it and I shared his profile and what he said just because he had a differing opinion. Uh, you know, it was about the whole Abah comment and the Rotan and all that. Um, and and many people reported him and uh, they also shared with me Twitter's response that they found that it had violated their guidelines and therefore had either blocked or suspended the account. So it shows that sometimes you need to call them out. Uh, many times I ignore them, and so, but sometimes I engage with them also for them to understand that this is unacceptable. But then I have a threshold. Uh, I cannot accept this sort of language that is uh, uh, you know, thrown towards me. Because if they can speak like this towards me, they can also speak like this to so many other people. Uh, yeah, And also what happened in parliament regarding the whole Gulab thing and all that. Also, that made many women come forward to see that they've also been uh, addressed this way on social media. And of late, uh, we have we have also seen the explosion on Twitter and on Telegram and also Instagram on the V2K groups and the V2K shout-out groups, where this, this is a group that is, um, from what I, I've gathered and from what I've been informed, predominantly by men who, who take pictures without consent from from telegram from uh, instagram and then they put it on on their on this b2k shout out or b2k group on instagram and they sell these pictures uh you know and some, some of the pictures are quite innocent pictures of women working out you know the before after pictures of them you know on their workout regime and you know healthy eating etc and they they sell them uh, to people and some of some of the videos are webcams, which are quite disturbing because, uh, you know, the images of people are blocked, are fussed out, are blurred. But you know, it's uh, it looks like it's a camera that is hiding somewhere behind a, an aircon or a fan or something. It's quite scary. And apart from that, there have been uh, allegations of child porn. Now the thing is, many of these girls have made complaints. Some of them are adults and young adults have made complaints to MCMC. Some of them have made police reports, but they are also careful because some of the men who are in this group are policemen as well. So they are afraid that their identities will be revealed, etc. So they informed me, I shared it with the minister, and by evening, a statement had come out from MCNC to say they will work with Interpol, particularly on using pictures without consent, using pictures of women without consent, and also child porn. Uh, you know, and uh, reach out to Telegram. So I, this is the other extreme of cyberbullying, which which spills over into criminal activities as well. Uh, but all in all, it is the, the psychological trauma, the, the stress uh, that people go through if you are on the end of the person being bullied, uh, the person being harassed, whose space and rights have been violated on on social media. I think so, you brought up, brought up a good point, uh, actually, with adults. I think that's good advice. Uh, I think, uh, for example, if you place an avenue to report them to the, the social media providers, isn't it? I mean, you can report to them, uh, whichever platform it is, and probably they will take some action. And I think people have to have to be proactive in doing that. Uh, as we kind of want to close this discussion, I just coming back to Philip once again. 
YB has given advice to adults. You know, if you are a victim, what you can do, uh, uh, report them uh, or call them out. Uh, uh, for you, uh, I just want to break it up into two segments. You know, uh, what would you tell parents uh, who struggle with their children uh, of wanting an online presence? And what would you tell young people and children who are listening who are who want to get onto a digital platform? What do what what advice would you give them coming from? Your, the background that you are in. Yeah. Um, so I guess for parents, uh, two, probably two advices, uh, okay, three advices. Uh, one, spend time with your children on their devices, right? If they're watching YouTube, sit next to them and have a look at what they're watching. If they are, if you're interested in one of the apps, ask them what's, what's happening. You don't have to be digital savvy to be able to help your child. Just the, the problem is that children sometimes don't have that common sense or maturity to understand if I'm talking to SpongeBob, then as a parent, I can ask, who's this SpongeBob? Why is this SpongeBob not using his, his real name? So as a parent, you can add value to that conversation. That's one, right? Uh, and I think as a parent, um, I, I'm very glad that today we have these conversations because while we are talking about justice on one end, we also have to talk about kindness, empathy, uh, re reconciliation, forgiveness, right? So it has to go two sides of a coin uh, to address this issue. And those are conversations taken in, in families or in communities like this, right? And uh, coming back to, to, I think your second question was... Um, to, was young second people, to young people. Uh, young you know. people. Yeah, so to young people, I think uh, future risk is, is where uh, I would say, right? So whatever actions you do today, uh, like with what we said, right? We reap what you sow, right? So uh, in the future, you would have uh, someone who likes you, a boyfriend or a girlfriend who could be potentially your wife or your husband, right? So let me ask you, what if they go through your social media, right? And they would, they're, they're trying to find out, is this someone that I would like to spend my life with? You know? And they realize, oh, if you're uh, looking at your past history, you're probably not a very kind person, right? So we have to think that uh, whatever we do today, we, we are building a character, a personality, a life, right? Uh, that reflects uh, for, for the next 40, 50 years of our lives, right? So to, to have young children to start thinking about that. And I think one of the things uh, everyone uh, wants to be uh, a better person, a kind person, uh, uh, a brave person, right? To stand up for your friends, to stand up for what is wrong. No, I think at the end of the day, when when all of us leave this earth, uh, people will not remember you because you've got eight A ones or because you're the class prefect or something. You no, know? people will only remember you because you've been kind to them. You no, know? and that's why I tell young people. You no, know? and when you're 40, 50, and you look back, the people who are your best friends are people that you've been kind to, and and that's where they should go. So once again, uh, Philip, yeah. So those of you who are listening out there who want to get in touch with Philip, I think we have his email just now, uh, uh, flashed. Uh, do get in touch with Philip. Now, like what Kevin said, please don't send him an email if you have a, if, if you have a network problem. <laughs> <laughs> this email is not for, for network problems. <laughs> uh, if, if, you want, if you want to get in touch with how you can uh, have a kind of an awareness program, uh, I'm sure Philip would be able to help uh, our Sunday school, our churches, uh, who, who would like to educate not just the children, but also I think the adults are very important, parents, uh, church workers. Uh, uh, maybe also we need to get for our priests sometimes, we also need to be educated to be know, to know what happens. Yeah, we'll get in touch with you, Philip, and see how we can uh, have this kind of a program uh, to educate our people uh, with regard to social media, code of conduct uh, the dangers of it back to you kevin 
Yeah, well, um, as you all know that we've gone uh, longer than our usual show and this only shows that this is a very, very, uh, you know, interesting topic and a lot more that actually we can we can cover and we can talk about. So I'm sure maybe we'll have uh, Philip and also YB back on, an, on another day to talk more about this and we can have, like Philip said, you know, uh, things move very quickly. So, you know, by the time we have the next show, there'll be a lot more to talk about and different scenarios that we can go through. I think it's important to go through the scenarios because then we know how to respond respond to it, you know, even as adults, parents, and what to say to our children. And, you know, Philip was saying about the Google FB and all that. I didn't know what he was saying there, you know. I Google Kevin. Or <laughs> I was a bit lost there. But anyway, uh, we will we will go through this together and we should we should have this more often, this conversation more often, definitely. Uh, so once again, thank you very much, uh, Philip Ling from DJ and also YB Kasripato for joining us and enlightening us about all this. Uh, certainly, thank YB, you. we hope the uh, laws will be uh, can be moved quicker. And of course, we look forward to to some sort of uh, policy or some policing around uh, for the internet, that's for sure. Uh, Father, shall we close with a prayer? Yes, let's, let's pray. Uh, name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our Father, we, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this conversation that we have had, this openness, awareness that you give us. We pray, Lord, that uh, we would be good stewards uh, as, as we use its gift of technology, we also use it responsibly, that we are able also to inspire others to use it responsibly, to use it for your greater good. Bless the work that Philip does with children, bless the work that YB Kasturi does as a member of parliament, and all the others who are involved in this area. May their cause move forward smoothly so that we may have a safer space for all of us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, thank you for that, uh, Father Clarence. Once again, thank you, Philip and YB Kasri Pato. And of course, uh, thank you for all of uh, our viewers tuning in today. Uh, we've had a lot of comments. Uh, once again, thank you to Dorothy, Stanley, Vivian, Emily, uh, Bella. Let's see who we've got a long list here with a lot of uh, questions and comments. Uh, sorry if we couldn't get to your question. But of course, uh, YB and Philip uh, will be going through the post later and to take some notes and to take some of your concerns. There's a lot of concerns here on the post. So, you know, Philip and YB, you can go through the post, take concerns and bring it up to your respective teams to sort them out. So once again, thank you very much for joining us on this show. And remember, if you are going to take a picture with your parish priest and in the church and all that, please do tag your parish priest. Don't exclude him like Philip said. That's also a form of cyberbullying. Don't exclude your parish priest, okay? He might get a bit offended there. Okay, so once again, have a wonderful weekend. Have a blessed weekend. And yes, uh, as we want to tell you about Psalm 33, um, they'll be on Jamming for Jesus this Friday. So a lot to look forward to. And we'll give you a little snippet of what you can expect this Friday on uh, Jamming for Jesus. So from all of us, from Father Clarence, YB Kasuri and also Philip, we wish you a blessed weekend ahead. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
Tuhan.